We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. My name is Chad Burmeister. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Scalex.ai. And I'm also the author of a book called AI for Sales, How Artificial Intelligence is Changing Sales. That's my day job. My passion project is called Living a Better Story. And I believe that a lot of us are living a good story, but we could be living a better one. And that's what Living a Better Story is all about. Living a Better Story was created during COVID uh, at the very beginning. I have a fire pit in the backyard and I was introduced to a marketer in our neighborhood who went from $200,000 in sales down to 20,000, actually to zero overnight. Well, I had gone from 200,000 to 20,000 the year prior. So I'd already experienced what COVID-like symptoms may be when it comes to your business. So this person came to my fire pit and we talked for four hours over a couple glasses of scotch, like my good friend Jeffrey Hazlett likes to enjoy. And we talked and I, I went through, tell me about your upbringing, your parents, what are some of your first memories as a kid? What'd you do in college? What are you doing now? Why are you doing it? And as a result of that conversation, his business turned around to $100,000, $200,000 a month within very short order. And we started inviting more people to the fire pit. It became two, then three, then four. It got up to 12 people. That then became the Living a Better Story retreat, which is now co-founded by me and a couple of business partners. Robert White is one of the early human human potential movement people in the world. He helped Est, which became Landmark. He helped Mind Dynamics. And now he's behind Living a Better Story, and we're having an next retreat coming up very shortly. My grandfather was my dad's hero as well as mine. And he was a, a human resources person at Mobile Oil in Dallas, Texas. And he and my grandmother would impact dozens of people's lives through the church that they went to. They'd take people food, they'd meet with people, they'd have small groups in their home. And so they impacted people and I could feel the ripple that they left in the world at that scale. My mother, same thing, very religious upbringing and she influences probably the next standard deviation above what my grandfather influenced but I can still feel the influence at my daughter's graduation recently from high school. I did a talk and it was my grandfather's list of 10 things that he passed to me in eighth grade. And now I passed to the group of all of the grandkids and I made sure to say, hey, is everybody signed up for this program? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself are the two most important. If you get all the other 10, you're okay. Stick with those top two. But he has things about health and mind and body it was all there. So I repackaged it into a digital format, delivered it to the group, and every kid raised their hand. So my goal with Living Better Stories is to take what my grandfather was probably passed down to him from someone and scale it to a level that's bigger than ever before 
For some reason, a million comes to mind. But as Gerhard Schwabner from Selling Power would say, why limit yourself to a quota when you let, let God do what he does and let's go to a bigger number than that? So I want to impact a lot of people's lives. I want to show them how to connect to God's miracles for their life. And everybody has the telephone wire. All they have to do is pick up the phone. Well, that was one of the notes in my grandfather's letter to me, right? It's a handwritten letter and it said, hey, Chad, you have a disarming smile, is how he called it. And he said, use it. And, and I do, and I, it's always been one of those secret weapons. When I feel like I'm not good enough, or wow, there's some smart people in the room, um, you know, I'll, I'll lean on laughter and smile and try to crack a joke from time to time. I was born to be a competitor, and so all of us have a unique individual fingerprint, and that's mine, competing and winning. You don't always win, but I remember the wins. And, I'm, and it's easy to leave the losses in the past, but that's a joyful memory. I brought a hockey stick with me today, so I'll show you that. This hockey stick was given back to me by my father because he was pulling it out of his attic, probably, at my daughter's graduation, and he said, hey, we've got some old hockey sticks in the garage. Would you like to have it back? I was like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. And when I picked it up, there's one with a yellow head on it, and this one's, this one's the more used one. This is the actual stick that I used when I was 15 years old, 12 years old, and I was good at roller hockey, not ice hockey, roller hockey. And, and what I learned is once I got really good, and I'd score 10, 12, 15 goals, and it was simple, just straight up the middle, shoot, score. Well, then I started learning if I could pass it to somebody. So we had a girl on our team, and it was awesome. I was like, hey, I don't remember her name. And I would say, hey, you crashed the goal and I'm gonna drive it right up the middle and I'm gonna pass it off and then you're gonna score. So we started doing that play and then she would get half the goals. By the time the season was done, we flipped the roles. And I said, hey, look, I don't wanna just be the guy that goes up the middle. You've seen me do it a million times. You do it. And then she ran up the middle and passed it to me and I shot the goal. And so I just, being discovering that I'm a competitor mm -hmm. and understanding that that is my core gift um, Arjun, Sen is a, Arjun Sen is a good friend of mine, and he said all of us are one of one at something in the world. Discover what your one of one is, and then he said you can find people who need that, and they'll pay you exorbitant amounts of money. Now it's not about the money, but it's an interesting thought experiment to say, am I living in my one of one, or am I trying to be somebody else's one of one? And that's why I brought that. When, when my kids were born, I would say it would be my second biggest moment of joy in life. Seeing them as a human being, you know, come on to planet Earth is just a, a magical moment in time. I would say to a group of 3,000 CEOs that finding joy is more than chasing the next big gig or the next exit, and it's truly connecting to what God meant for your life. It's having a conversation on a daily basis. What do you want for my life? And then listening to the message that you get and then acting out that message. And when you can rinse and repeat that, your car may veer into a different lane. It may get off the exit 
and it may take you to a place that you had no idea was even possible. And that's what I've felt from a joy perspective over the last couple of years. Before ScaleX, I was inside of big companies making good money. And as a CEO, we've grown the business really well. And now it's not about the money. It's about the satisfaction of knowing you're helping other people. And it's allowing me to pursue the passion projects in a totally different lane. And it all happened because I turned the keys over to the car and said, you drive, I'm gonna ride shotgun. I may try to grab the wheel from time to time, but let's do it that way. And that's what I would tell a group of 3,000 CEOs. The chair of joy at my house is actually in the basement because we have a big screen television projector. And my wife and I watch shows almost every night down there. And so it's got a recliner to it. And it's a pretty nice place to be um, holding my wife's hand and watching a show. Yeah, I do meditation almost every day. And I find when, when I do that, the world moves over and everything lines up. Um, the longer you can string that together, the more you'll find that the plateau in life that you're in goes away, right? When you're working out, you hit a plateau and the same thing happens in your mind. And by meditating, different neurons will fire and different pathways will fire that you just have no idea are even there. You're only using three to 5% of your mind power by purposefully thinking about it and getting in the chair of joy, it changes everything. It's interesting because if you look, I'm in artificial intelligence, and so what that does, a lot of people think, oh, is it gonna impact my job and everything else? And I've interviewed over 100 CEOs and founders about their use of AI. And in all cases, it's not a job eliminator. It actually brings positivity to the workforce and more productivity, et cetera. The side result of, of that level of use of technology is that the productivity line is going up so much that there's a place that we really can feed the world. We can cure cancer. We can do all these things. AI is going to give you the ability to do a year's work worth of work in 10 minutes. And so getting our minds around how, how the mathematical equation, if you Typically, you didn't have the access to that. Mm -hmm. But being able to access that level of, of artificial intelligence is pretty interesting. Have you ever dropped your phone on the floor, on your face, or in some other embarrassing place? Don't you wish there was something you could attach to your phone case that would help you hold your phone so you don't have to? Or at least as much. Introducing Steady Straps, a comfortable, adjustable, strong, elastic strap with 100% Velcro brand closures that helps you hold your phone more securely without dropping it and use it easier and faster, especially one-handed. It's the only smartphone grip accessory without adhesives, and it's 100% wireless charging ready without having to remove or adjust it first. Check us out at SteadyStraps.com and order some today. Humanity and the ability to connect with your joy is, the, is really, really important in that equation. Um, and also, it's important because the ethical part of that equation is an interesting conversation right now. And so I think there needs to be a new CEO in companies called the Chief Ethics Officer. So slightly tangential there, but I thought it's interesting since I've talked to so many people that for the first time ever, the level of productivity gains that will be forthcoming in the coming years will be so enormous 
that if we as humans think about how we can change the rest of the world and feed people, take care of cancer, and do those things that we've always thought of as a kid, it's actually going to be possible now. I'm in the process of building an app right now. It's, it's going to be available on iPhone and, and Google phone, whatever that's called, I'm an iPhone guy. And uh, it's called 77 Prey. And I fashioned it after 75 Hard, which is a workout app, my mental toughness app. Twice a day workouts for 45 minutes, read 10 pages of a book, drink a gallon of water, and no alcohol for 75 days. So I said, you know what? The one thing that's missing is the spiritual component. So I said, we got to build another app. So 77 Pray is all about giving people the ability to connect. And so I think the connecting from your chair would be a good place to do that. <laughs> the ribbons are another memento, if you will, of my past childhood. And, and here's, here's, I have to catch myself when I say past. When I was a child, I'm still that same kid. And a lot of us, I think, think, well, that's the past, but it's, that's, I'm still the same person. I'm a competitor. I've got a few second place trophies and fourth place ones at home. I brought the first place ones. I choose to remember the first. There's a, there's a great book uh, called Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. And they would ask this golfer, well, when did you miss a two foot putt? And he goes, I've never missed a two foot putt in my life. They go, yeah, we have it on video from last week. He goes, well, no. I don't remember it. And he mentally checked it out of his mind because he chose to fill his mind with positive thoughts or else he might miss the next two of them. So by having this and connecting the dots to your past and understanding when I go on my podcast, I say, what are you most, what were you passionate about when you were six? When you walked out of your house, what lit you up in the morning? And you can just see the spark. Some people say sports, some people say, but there's usually this why in the road where they go, then I really discovered it. And not everybody's living in their passion that they were meant to be in. And getting them to uncover what that looks like, it's a lot of fun. For me, it was competing and just the joy of competition. When I went to Mobile Oil Tower in Dallas, and we'd go to the Galleria, and then we'd go to Mobile Oil Tower, and I went up the tower, and it was his uh, retirement day. And I bought him a watch, but not a normal watch, a watch that was on a chain. And, and I gave it to him. And I remember thinking that, hey, he's retiring, the clock's ticking. And so I need to make sure to experience the moments with him. And, that's, and, and so I could see all of that playing out, even as a young kid. And then over the next several years, I invested the time to go stay there for a week by myself when I'm in my 20s. I brought a friend with me once, we stayed at their house, we used their car, you know, a nice big old Cadillac or whatever it was. And, um, but I can, I can still picture that moment at the top of Mobile and all those employees that were there celebrating my grandfather's career and life because he was just a great person. Can I commit to three times a day? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I'm already in the two level, so adding a third I think will be not a problem. And the biggest takeaway is the word joy is interesting. Um, it's, it's something that I don't think we put a finger on very often. And truly, we all have 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. And unfortunately for most people, it's more than half of those thoughts are negative. And the way I look at it is that this rushing river is going down, right? I live in Colorado, there's these rivers, and you're putting your raft on the river, it's taking you where it's going to take you. 
if you don't change the routing of the river to have joyful moments in your day, then you're gonna to continue to have more than half of negative thoughts. When you go to this kind of a system and you consciously put it into your routine, you change the mix of positive and negatives, and before you know it, the positives are winning the battle. And, and it flips everything. So I highly encourage you to do it three times a day, and that really is all it takes. You get, trust me, you get to 51% plus one, or 50% plus one, you'll start to feel the differences. I went to the chiropractor this morning, he adjusted my back and my neck, and this is chiropractic of the mind. And I highly, highly, do it for 21 days. See if it does anything for you. I promise you it will. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.